At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Boss and Polly Howard. Top of the morning to you. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans, who's filling in today for Paulie Howard. We're live in downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. We'll talk some NHL uh, with Molly Walker, who covers the Islanders for the New York Post, coming up in about 10 minutes. David Purdom wrote a story about this. Does a great job for ESPN Chalk. He had it uh, this week. Uh, when you look at the uh, Nets Bucks series now and moving forward into the NBA title, Right with the Nets, they're now catching four and a half for the game tonight. The Bucks are now as high as minus one ninety to win this series. They were a dollar thirty, Matt, yesterday when we were live on the show. But yet the Nets, right in that neighborhood, to still be the favorites to win the NBA title. Yeah, I think sometimes to outsiders who don't understand how these things work, you say, "How is that logical?" Well, it's it's not as far fetched as you would think because. The Nets have taken so much money on the futures board over the course of uh, the season, and especially after the big three got together and they traded for James Harden. The books have liability on the Brooklyn Nets. You're not going to just because two of the big three go down with injuries in this series say, all of a sudden, hey, we're going to move the, the Nets from 5-2 to two to win the title to 10-1 to one or 8-1. to one. It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, you've got so much money on the Nets. And what if Harden or Kyrie or both – I don't think both are going to come back in the series, but at some point these guys come back, the Nets win the series, find a way to beat the Bucs. Uh, they're still the favorites to win NBA championship. Yep. Yep. You know, if, uh, if they get a couple of these guys, one guy back, uh, I think you still have to respect the Nets. And it's it's a lot about a lot of it's about liability too, because there's so much money on the Nets sure. in the futures market. How would you like to be that better who over at the Westgate months ago before the season started? Oh, man. Put twenty thousand dollars on the Nets at fourteen to one to win the NBA title. You're in great position until this week. I mean, the, yeah. the, right? The range of emotions. He did this before they traded for James Harden. Mm-hmm. So once they get Harden, the guy's probably just smiling from ear, ear to ear. He's right. got a perma smile on his face, right? Fourteen to one odds, twenty thousand bucks. And then just like the now okay, you, yeah. how many guys are going to be playing? How many guys are going to be out? Right, the whole year. Harden's on, you know, on pace to maybe be the MVP, and he misses a bunch of time. And then we get to the playoffs, and you're exactly right. He's up 2-0 not that long ago. He's got to be just, like, feeling as good as anybody. You're up 2-0. Nets look great. All of a sudden, Harden limps off with an injury. Kyrie Irving injures an ankle. Everything changes. Yep. Uh, Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Superbook told me they also took a a $50,000 bet, I think it was, on the Nets at plus 275 to win the title right before the playoffs. Wow. How about you got fifty grand on the line at that number? And you're up 2-0 in this series. You think, all right, I'm in a great position. And boom, everything changes a couple days later. Now, I wonder if the guy who put 20000 at 14-1, because the Circa, they offer yes, no on all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that would have been a way to hedge it. Yeah. Come down here to Circa and bet the no if you wanted to. But again, he's feeling great only three, four days ago. Yeah, he thinks he's got yeah. a good chance. He's got a winner in his pocket. Yeah. 
All right, so follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, Injuries can change uh, futures bets uh, quickly. You know, I had a couple in college hoops that got buried by injuries. Villanova, Michigan. Sure. You know, in March, big injuries doom those tickets. Yeah, Molly Walker covers the Islanders for the New York Post. Where would this team be had they not hired Barry Trotz a few years ago? This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The Islanders edge the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 in Game 1 of their Stanley Cup semifinal series. Game 2 coming up today. Tampa, $2 home ice favorite. Islanders plus 185 over the total. Tomorrow, the Vegas Golden Knights laying 265 at home against Montreal. Vegas won the first game 4-1 as a $2.70 favorite. Kyrie Irving, James Harden out for the Brooklyn Nets today. Irving with a sprained ankle, Harden with a hamstring injury. Nets are four and a half point underdogs in game five of their Eastern Conference semifinal series. 217 in the hook, the total today at Barclays Center. These experts are analyzing all the action in the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Andy McNeil, our hockey expert, will give you all the analysis on the ice while our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, gives you all the information you need to bet and win of the NBA. Sign up now for your free 10-day trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vcin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. You are a horse racing fan. First Bet is the place for you with wagering on races at more than 300 tracks and AI-assisted picks. It is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport with secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website all brought to you by Express Bet. Sign up using the promo code VEGAS100 today and get up to $100 match bonus on your first deposit. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses promo code is Vegas 100. You know if you're an ARB player and you like to uh, play both sides and get like positive numbers, it's a great way to do this in sports mm-hmm. betting. The opportunities that you've had in the NHL and the NBA recently now, tremendous. I mean, like the plus price you could have gotten on the Bucks after two games. Now you come back on the Nets after the, it's, you know, right now the situation with the Bucks favored by $1.90. The, the plus prices that were available in the Avalanche Golden Knight series, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of uh, things come to mind. Right now, the Jazz are like $1.30 to win the series after they were up 2-0, and now we're tied after last night, and the Clippers are plus 112. So that would have been one example. You could have gotten the Clippers at a huge number after they were down 0-2. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this in the NHL. After last night, the Golden Knights are minus 1,000 to win the series. That's what I said yesterday. Oh. If the Knights win game one, they'll probably be minus 1,000. You know, before game two. So that's why if you were thinking about betting Montreal in the series, you probably should have, I said, wait, see if they drop game one. If the Canadians do and you still like him, uh, you could get a much better price. What's the take back on that? Plus $7, seven dollars $7. Plus six fifty. Yeah. But you can find also, like, I want to look at, uh, I don't think, and you know what, it's early here, so I may have missed it, but I looked earlier at some Las Vegas sports books, and a lot of them close overnight, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen them repost here. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that they're higher than 1,000 
here in town, and you could probably gobble up like plus 750, maybe 8-1 to one on the Canadians right Yeah, now. if you liked the Canadians, if you liked them before the series, I think that would be worth a shot. You know, even though they dropped the opener last night 4-1, to one, uh, you're going to be going home soon for the next two games, and who knows, Canadians could steal game two. Then it looks like a totally different series. The complexion of the whole thing changes. We just talked about the NBA, how quickly things can change. Um uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to write the Canadians off. I do think after watching last night's game that Vegas is uh, a little bit too fast, too skilled, too physical, uh, too big for the Canadians and probably going to win this series in five or six games. But uh, then again, I've been wrong before about hockey series. I know a lot of uh, sharp hockey guys who thought the Colorado Avalanche were going to run over the Golden Knights sure. in the last round. And uh, they were up 2-0 on the verge of going up 3-0 and then uh, lost four in a row. Think about this. So I did pop open the first Las Vegas book on my phone right now. Golden Knights are minus $11. Canadians, 7-1. to one. So yeah. I'm guessing, and that's, you're going to find some some yeah. maybe square shops today where the Golden Knights are 11, I don't, dare I say $12? I don't know. That might be a, a bit aggressive at this point, but. Yeah, who knows? My, you never know. Uh, in, in this city, with Knights getting so much action, you might find a book that goes that high. And if uh, if the Knights go up 2-0 in the series, you might be able to get the Canadians at 10-1 sure. uh, to win at that point. Yep. All right, so we'll continue talking some NHL here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. Molly Walker covers the Islanders, and uh, she does that for the New York Post. She joins us now. Molly, thanks for the time today. How are you? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I'm in the sunny Tampa Bay, and I, I can't really complain. <laughs> ah, very good. Um, let's start with this. Where do you think the team would be? Where would the organization be, the team that you're covering right now, uh, had they not hired Barry Trotz a few years ago? I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I couldn't even imagine what this organization would be like without not only Barry Trotz, but Lou Lamorello. Mm-hmm. I think that what they've done with this organization in the last three years is, is nothing short of tremendous. And it really all comes down to the culture and the winning ways that they brought with them, the professionalism, the playing for one another. It's, it's a real unique vibe that they have going over there. I, I cover the Rangers a lot, and that's a team that doesn't have an identity. And I know that because when I look at the Islanders, they have an identity. They know exactly who they are. They know who they're playing for. It's the logo on the front, not the name on the back. And they play that way. And that starts from the top down. And when you listen to the way that the players talk about Lou and talk about Barry, and everybody likes to, you know, make fun of Lou's, you know, no facial hair and short hair during the the regular season, but the players buy into it. They really do. And and I would tell you if if I got some vibes that they weren't a fan of it, but they like it. They like the structure. They like the intensity. And it, it comes out on the ice. So I don't even know where they would be without those two because they've really spearheaded this this organization for sure. So, Mo- Molly, as we are on a gambling network here, I follow a lot of uh, professional sports bettors. And as this team, they were like looking impressive against the Bruins and they eventually were going on to win that series and it continues now against Tampa Bay. I see a lot of reaction from bettors that are like, I have no idea how they continue to win games. God bless them, they do. So I'll ask you, as somebody who watches them up close and personal all the time, how do they continue to do this? It's their structure. You know, it's their grind-down approach. It's the bend-don't-break mentality. 
And, you know, everybody likes to say that it's boring hockey, but, you know, boring hockey wins sometimes. They're a defense-first kind of team, and they wait for the holes to open up, and they pounce. And it's a formula that I've seen work time and time again. If you look at the road that they took to get to this point, a pretty top-tier Penguins team with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, yes, Tristan Jari and that was, was pretty med- mediocre, but that's a, that's a star power team. And then the step up from that is the Boston Bruins, who have a loaded top six now with Taylor Hall. And even though Tuka Rask was hurt, he was still standing on his head and proved to be a much bigger challenge than, than Tristan Jari. And they still, same thing, warmed down, found the holes. And that was also because Brandon Carlo and Kevin Miller were out on defense. So that, that gave them a little bit there. And then same with this Lightning team. They're, it's been a step up each way, which as it should be for the playoffs. But they have faced, I mean, everybody says the East is the most loaded division. And they're East champions, you know, despite being the fourth seed. So they had to face a really tough road to get back to this point. And now the Lightning are, are a really tough challenge. They're a lofty challenge, especially Vasilevsky and Nett. But And I'll be honest, I had the Lightning winning in seven, but after watching them on Sunday, I wish I could go back and change my bet. (laughs) (laughs) I really do, because they they hung with them, and and they have done to the Lightning what they've done to every other team, and I honestly didn't think that was going to be the case, but but it is. Molly Walker of the New York Post with us. All right, uh, the Islanders take down... The Penguins, they take down the Bruins, and uh, they're up 1-0 on the Lightning after that 2-1 win in Game 1. How did the Islanders do it in Game 1, and what do you think is going to be different in Game 2? I think it was their patient structure that they have that I keep mentioning. It, The Lightning are a very fast team. They have that high scoring power, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Samkos, Braden Point. You know, they're explosive. They have that sort of roster that every single line has a sharpshooter. Every single line has a scoring threat. And it's a different sort of well-balanced four lines than, than the Islanders have because the Islanders are also very well-balanced. But the Islanders are grinders. They have guys on each of their four lines that are more defensively savvy than the Lightning, I would say. And I think that's going to be a major difference between these two teams this, this series in addition to the fact that the Islanders get more offensive uh, contributions from their defense. If you look at the Lightning, the only defender that's made a difference on offense is Victor Hedman, Norris Trophy finalist. So that makes sense. But none of their six defenders have um, scored a goal. And then you look, and Ryan Pulak, has, it has a team-leading three game-winning goals, including the one uh, in Game 1. So I think that's going to be a huge difference. So I think that the Islanders are just much better all around defensively. Defense has been their bread and butter this entire postseason, and I think that's going to be you know a huge difference maker in this series. And, and you can see it. They just really stifled their star power that they have. They stifled their you know ability to to fly and transition up the ice. They had a stick in every lane on every play. And that's crucial against a team like the Lightning because you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. But the Islanders don't give an inch. So it, it's definitely, it's a lot can change in this game too. 
tonight. Well, that's for sure. But if they play the exact same way as they did in game one, I would not be shocked if the Islanders went back to New York for the 2 nothing series lead. Wow. Okay, tonight, uh, Tampa Bay minus $2 at DraftKings. At Circus Sports, minus 192. Lightning obviously favored in uh, game two after dropping the first. The total five and a half shaded under minus 155. Do you think, Molly, we're going to see another low-scoring game in uh, game two? I think the Islanders thrive in low-scoring games. But they showed in the first two rounds that they can hang with high-scoring teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes down to it, they can find the back of the net when they really need to. But I think that they would rather it be a low-scoring game because that's just where they do best. So I think that they'll give it their best shot. But there are players, you know, the Josh Baileys, Kyle Palmieri, Brock Nelson, they just keep they just keep scoring goals, timely goals. And I think that if the Lightning do light up Varlamov tonight, then they'll, they'll do their best to, to find the back of the net to, to counteract that. But um, I think that low-scoring games is where they're most comfortable. Low-scoring physical games is, is where the Islanders thrive. Yeah, because I was going to say, Molly, that one of the scariest things in the entire league is watching Tampa Bay on the power play, and they were one of two in game mm-hmm. one. But I, I said the same thing, you know, with the Colorado Vegas series. And I mean, the Avalanche power play is just frighteningly impressive, obviously. And after they were up 2 0, well, guess what happened to, you know, to that team? They never won another game. But how important overall is it for New York to stay out of the box, in, you know, for the remainder of the series against Tampa Bay? Absolutely crucial. I mean, I said it at the beginning of the series, too, because the Bruins picked apart their penalty kill last round. And the Islanders have a pretty decent penalty kill because of how they're so defensively oriented. Um, and I think that staying out, like you said, staying out of the box will absolutely be crucial because, yes, this lightning power play is just dynamite. But I think it's pretty impressive that in game one, it wasn't, it wasn't just a regular power play. It was a six-on-four with the net empty power play goal. That was the only way yeah, that right. they were able to get on the board in game one. That says a, it was seconds away from a shutout. That way, I'm, I'm, I'm not good with the betting numbers, but I'm sure that would have changed your betting numbers if the lightning went down in a shutout. The defending champions went down in game one in a shutout. So I think that they, you know, were able to give themselves some something to build off of, at least, you know, not avoiding the shutout and, and, and potting that last goal in the, in, at the end of the third. But I think that it's, it's definitely worth mentioning that it took a six-on-four power play to break the shutout. It's Molly Walker of the New York Post. She's in Tampa Bay tonight for Game 2, Islanders and uh, Lightning. Molly, you said you would change your prediction on the series now. How many games do you think it's going to go? You've got New York advancing. Uh, you, you think in five, six, or seven? I still think it's, you know, I, I maybe I'd like to say it after tonight, you know, because I really, if they go up two to nothing, I think that the Island, I, was, I would bet a lot of money that the Islanders would win this series. I really would. Um, but I still think that, you know, the Lightning are a great team, defending champions, and I think that I would be pretty surprised if they didn't come out guns a-blazing tonight. Mm-hmm. I really would be. So I still think that that's a possibility, and if that happens, I still think it's going to go to six or seven games. And and asking the Islanders to win on the road in Game 7 is a lot, but I, I really I believe in special runs 
I really do. And uh, this one is really starting to shape out to, to look as such. Yeah, the uh, Islanders, you would think at this point they're going to win the series, probably going to be in six, and it's going to be in their barn yeah. in uh, <clears throat> game six. Molly, you put this up on Twitter last night. The New York Rangers have their new bench boss, and he's bringing nine NHL seasons of head coaching experience with him. Gerard Gallant's <laughs> journey to the Rangers. I assume you like the coaching hire. The former Vegas Golden Knights coach is now the New York Rangers coach. Yes, I mean, I, I, I felt like this was an incredibly pivotal coaching hire for the Rangers for so many reasons. I mean, looking at what they, how they cleaned house this past season, it just really indicated that management, Jim Dolan, is ready to take the next step. He wants to be a playoff contender in the next two years. And to do that, he wanted to change the culture from the top down. So he cleaned house. And obviously there were so many names getting thrown out, thrown around for who could be the next coach. And a lot of them um, were John Tortorella. And, <laughs> and I remember thinking I would be stunned if they brought in a guy like John Tortorella because his temperament with this young team, it just wouldn't go over well. So I was thinking that they needed a happy medium between a development guy like David Quinn and then a hard-nosed veteran uh, playoff experience coach like John Tortorella. And I think Gerard Gallant is a perfect happy medium. He's right in the middle there. He knows how to connect with young talent, and he, but he also has a pulse on the veteran side of things because he's done both. So I think it's going to be um, a, a good hire for the Rangers, and we'll see how it plays out. Molly, uh, great perspective on the series today. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy Tampa. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on. You got it. Quite confident now after the Very win in game one. We will get to the biggest buzzword mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball in the summer of 2021. Coming up next. on DraftKings, a leader in daily fantasy sports. Download the app. Use the promo code VSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes every week. Don't wait. Sign up now. And new customers get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's code VSIN when you sign up. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, that number is 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You must be 18 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So the biggest buzzword, obviously, this year, Matt, in baseball is, uh, well, I should know this, huh? It's sticky tack. Sticky tack. Spider tack, sticky tack. Yeah, yes. Spider tack. Two words, spin rate. It used to be launch angle, now it's spin rate. There you go. Spin rate is what I was looking for. How did I, the biggest buzzword, and I forgot what it was. 
<laughs> yeah, doing well today here, early on a Tuesday. Uh, but this is a good story from SI.com. They wrote it. I mean, it was at length. It's a couple thousand words. After 10 consecutive weeks when Major League Baseball, the average forcing spin rate hovered between 2306 RPMs to 2329. Last week, it suddenly dropped 45 RPMs to a season low. And batting average against four seamers is up 11 points in June. Slugging against the pitch is up 18 points this month. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of numbers here, obviously. But the bottom line is the spin rate on a lot of these pitches now all of a sudden at its lowest point of the entire year. And among pitchers who hit two-year uh, lows in fastball or cutter spin rate last week, Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, um, Chapman of the Yankees, Peralta Burns of the Brewers, Lucas Sims of the Reds, and Shane Bieber, although now again he's on the IL for two weeks, according to the team, uh, he saw a 98 RPM drop in his spin rate while he gave up a two-year high, five runs to Seattle, the worst hitting team in history, 209 as we speak. Yeah, the one that opened my eyes over the weekend was Trevor Bauer getting bombed by the Rangers. And uh, Bauer uh, and Corbin Burns each uh, had reduced spin rate, obviously. Cheating is nothing new with pitchers in baseball, just cracking down on the cheaters is what's new. And uh, Jeff Passan had this tweet. You want to mention what the the penalty is going to be for those who are caught. What are your thoughts on this overall? I mean, there's a memo they sent out, and you're going to get hit with a 10-day suspension with pay. We're talking about I, I sunscreen. Really be- I never believe a suspension is a harsh penalty if it comes with pay. Odd. All right, you got to sit out of work here for a couple of weeks, but we're still going to pay you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I don't know if I can handle that. So that's what that's what baseball announced again. He had this late last night. Mm-hmm. So into the morning, this is what the teams are going to get their hands on. Remember a couple of years ago when Michael Pineda was pitching for the Yankees, probably about three three years ago against the Red Sox, was it Sunday night baseball? Yeah, and Pineda had that. Oh yes, uh, substance whatever it was all over his neck. Yeah, <laughs> and he got booted from the game. And that night, the Red Sox started out and said, "Hey, go out and check Pineda." What's he got all over his neck that yeah. he keeps uh, touching like, the whole time? They're looking out there, they're squinting, they're like, hey, look, I mean, you can see it from here. There's something, and he keeps going to it like this. Like, what is that all? Is yeah. it a birthmark that nobody knew about all of a sudden? <laughs> Come on, let's go. And, uh, yeah, that was, I think about that was on national TV. Well, every game's on TV now, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. And to actually go out there and be, okay. But, again, I've seen, like, angles this year, how pitchers have to be careful. Oh, yeah. And with, te- happen, with technology. Cap, it's going to be in your belt. There are different places you can reach to uh, grab it. Maybe in your glove. Yeah. Like, guys are really, they're, I'm telling you, they're like, come on, i got to get that on. And they're, like, digging the ball in their oh, yeah. glove. Oh, yeah. And cameras are, like, getting right in there and seeing what's going on. Remember Gaylord Perry back oh, in the, yeah. way back in the day? Mm-hmm. He was one of the known for, had, had tacks in his glove or whatever. Yeah. And he scratched the ball. Uh-huh. Do whatever you can do to find an edge. I, I think it's you know it's okay that baseball's trying to crack down on this cheating by pitchers, but a ten day suspension with pay is not a harsh penalty. No, not at all. I don't think it really discourages cheating. If you look at guys like Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer, look at the contracts they scored. Uh, would they have put up the same numbers if they weren't cheating before? Who knows? Probably. I'm going to guess probably not. Well, it's and it, it definitely pays to cheat. Talk about like an overcorrection to the sport. Where only a couple of years ago we had the most home runs hit in history, sure. right? And it was all about offense. And all of all of a sudden, it took this long for baseball to say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna really start to crack down." But oh, by the way, you're gonna get your pay still if you're out there cheating. But we're two and a half months into the season now, and finally we're seeing some 
I, I don't even know what you want to call it, but some because regression is not right because if guys were cheating and they did it the whole year, we would not see offenses go up. Offense is better for every sport. You know, baseball yeah, baseball needs more offense. Uh, we see it in the NFL. Every rule change basically is geared to help the offenses. Yep. Uh, you see more offense in the NBA. Uh, so baseball is going to do what it can. It has to do what it can here to help the offense. Yep. Teddy Greenstein is live at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines with point, uh, points bet. He's going to join us up next. He has a lay of the land. I want to kind of gauge where he's at with how difficult the course could be this week with him coming up next. Time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, mugs with the VSIN logo or, for, uh, or fun sports betting sayings like cashing tickets is what it's all about. And it's not under until it's over. Visit the VSIN store today at vsin.com slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's vsin.com slash store. As Teddy Greenstein with PointsBet joins the program now, he is uh, live at Torrey Pines at the Media Center this morning. Uh, Teddy, rough, rough life. Yeah, extraordinarily rough. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, pal? My only complaints, I know you guys are used to waking up early, but a 514 wake-up call for me is a little tricky. So if I don't sound too good, you know, if I look tired, it's because I am. Also, the heat is on in this Media Center. So if there's a broadcast news moment, where sweat starts pouring down. It's not because you guys are asking tough questions. It's because it's 90 degrees in here. Other than that, I'm great. Yeah, Wait a second a, here. We have a lot of tough questions lined up for you this <laughs> yes, morning. Yes, we, yeah, we do. Get ready, Teddy. Why uh, would you ever uh, want the heat on anywhere in San Diego? I don't know. If I lived there, I wouldn't I would well, not have a heat. I wouldn't have an air conditioner. I will say this. and Sometimes in the morning and the evening, it does get a little cold in San Diego. That's one thing. Yeah, okay. this is sort of a long sleeve in the morning type spot. Mm-hmm. It is with the fog and all that and the heavy air. And that's actually going to play into the tournament. Like guys who play in the mornings here, the ball doesn't carry. The, the fairways are going to be wet. The rough is going to be extra juicy. So it, it's a huge difference from morning to afternoon. Yesterday it was all foggy, and then at 2 o'clock it was brilliant sunshine. Yeah. Look at this guy. Looks like he's got his own office in the media center. Yeah, he does. Look at that. <laughs> Lined up. He's Lock, stock, and barrel. That's he's moving in already. What happens when you're the they second guy in the building in the morning? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's so what, true, Matt. So it's it's only Tuesday, obviously, but trying to get like a lay of the land there at Torrey Pines and maybe the yeah. people who you've talked to, like how – People are projecting maybe a four or five hundred could win this tournament. It is the U.S. Open, so that's very feasible. Where are you at with it? Do you think that that's like realistic to maybe win at four or five hundred? I do. You know, I was at the Aaron Hills U.S. Open a few years ago, and nobody knew what was going to happen. And the final score was sixteen under for for uh, for Brooks. And you know, then they went to Shinnecock and overcorrected. And I think the best score was you know two over here. I think they know what they're doing. Obviously, there's a tour event here every year, the Farmers in January, but that's a par seventy-two. Now they shrink it to a par 71, and they, they you know, the yardage is going to be like 76.50. The rough's going to be high. The fairway is going to be firm. So this place is not really a mystery. I think this is going to be clearly, you know, two, three, four under, something like that. Mm-hmm. See, Interesting. There was yeah. a sweat bubble that rolled down because he's on the hot seat. That was, that was difficult tough question, question number one. Tough question, Mitch. Yes. Tough Mitch. question number two. <laughs> Where is the liability on the futures board, Ooh. Teddy? Tell us. 
You know, it's a, you, you would never guess our largest liability so far, Matt. Number one, Will Zalatoris. Ooh, number I would two, not have guessed that. Patrick Reed. Oh. And number three is Jason Kokrak. The Kokrak one certainly makes sense, uh, and his odds have certainly dropped. He is a long hitter, and I think he's going to have a good week. But do you guys want to hear about some big bets? Because these are also ones that I'm pretty sure you wouldn't forecast. Of course. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Okay, there's my tease. Justin Sue, somebody has wagered $150 on him to win $150,000. Uh, Robbie Shelton, $130, also at odds of $1,000 to one. Harris English, somebody has wagered $1,000 mm. on Harris English to wager uh, to win $100,000. Harris English is my long shot for the week. Obviously, you guys saw he played beautiful golf until the back nine Sunday uh, last week in South Carolina. So hopefully he's got some, you know, some pride is going to kick in. Um, but Harris English is also my favorite golfer. He double bogeyed the 72nd hole last week. That allowed Dustin Johnson to go from 11th to 10th. And because Dustin Johnson was 10, <laughs> our double-up hidden booster that Paige and I announce every week on the range hit. Double your money on a top 10. This week, it's going to be John Rahm. Harris English on that last hole of the tournament looked like uh, your average hack. Uh, he could not wait to get off the course. I mean, that was, that was about <laughs> as poorly played a final hole of, yeah. of the tournament. Kind of felt bad for the guy. What did he take on the last hole? Seven? It seemed like an eleven. Uh, yeah, I I thought it, I know it was a double. I thought it was a six, but it it, it, it looked been. like a hell of a lot more. It felt like a ten, ten or eleven. It was so bad. Anyway, there. Yeah, uh, Teddy, who do you like uh, if you're playing a futures border and matchups? Anything you like here? Yeah, so we filmed the range yesterday. Paige and I were out live at the actual practice range. So hopefully people will check that out. I went for Justin Rose. And Justin Rose at that point was 50 to one. And obviously so many people are taking my advice that he's now 60 to one. I mean, JR has a great record out at Torrey Pines. Uh -huh. um, I mean, he's a top 20 machine out here in January. Obviously won the U.S. Open at Marion. Had that, you know, great start at the Masters, 66, I think, on the first round. So, I mean, he's got all the game to thrive here. He's obviously not a super long hitter. I think he's averaging 296 now. But he's got the iron game. He's certainly got the temperament. I think tremendous value on uh, Justin Rose this week. How about two other guys? Are you taking a lot of bets or any bets at all on Brooks Kepka? And I should say, like, the guy that you might be taking a lot on would be Xander Shoffley. I know books out here in Las Vegas have taken a lot of bets on Shoffley so far. Yeah, I haven't heard a ton mm. that we've taken on Shoffley, even though, of course, he's local and young and all that. And, you know, we have some, we have some fun stuff there. Actually, my name a bet, uh, Mitch, is Phil versus Xander. So for Phil to beat Xander over four rounds, it was plus 300. That has been boosted to plus 340. So big price on there. If you like, uh, you know, the older version of uh, the San Diego star out here, um, we've got really a lot of good novelty props. This is kind of fun. Phil Melkelson to break 70 in any round, any round minus 175. So that's certainly a good one there. Um, and you ask about Brooks. You know, we've been offering Brooks versus Bryson, no juice on either side. And even though I think the smart money is on Bryson, most money is on Brooks. He's been getting 70% of the action on that. How would you bet that, Matt? Uh, I like, I like uh, Brooks over Bryson. Yeah. You, know, in the last, yeah, you know, in the last three months, uh, Bryson DeChambeau's had two top 35 finishes in the last three months. That's it. That is surprising. I know. My perception is that he's still playing pretty well. Obviously, he won this event last year, and it mm -hmm. seems like long courses suit him so well. But we also know what Brooks does in U.S. Open, so mano a mano right there.
Hey, uh, Teddy, if uh, if Bryson gets wild with his driver, he's he's going to be in big trouble this week. So it's not just length off the tee. It's got to be accuracy. You want to, in the last 40 seconds here, mention a couple of these uh, novelty props I think are pretty cool? Yeah, I mean, so another one is Phil Mickelson to hole one or more bunker shots plus 600. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. And then will the winner be an American at minus 150? Uh, obviously, uh, if you like Xander, if you like Phil, if you like a host of guys, you should uh, you should hit that one. Well, not if you like Justin Rose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I will not be hitting. Sports <laughs> betting wife will be investing elsewhere, my friends. Colin Morikawa, that's my top pick this week. Yeah, you, you can find him oh. at twenty-five to one. Mitch, who's your if you if you play one guy this week? If I can only play one guy. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably would look at Colin. I also like Kepka though. Kepka. Yeah, I do. I like Paul Casey. Paul Casey. Okay. Oh, Great. Mark Leash. Number two iron player. Leash is also good. Casey is number two iron player after Morikawa. Colin, we rave about his irons, and, and understandably so, but Casey is second. I think he's going to be a top 10 or top 20. All right, Teddy. Be good. Thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Enjoyed it, guys. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're on. You are on. Here we go. Recapping last night, Reds first 5 plus 114 against the Brewers. That was a winner. Uh, what I'm on today, Indians... Or run in the first inning. Like, look, it's early in the morning here. Uh, I'm going to find other ways to bet against Matt Harvey today. Not all the numbers are available yet in Las Vegas. So, Indians, you can get this at DraftKings and other spots. Indians are running the first <clears throat> inning. Yes, plus 160. I think that's a good way to play it. You're trying to find a way to bet against Matt Harvey, and you're taking a pretty good plus price. Sure. I think his last start was his last start. Of, he was in big trouble in the first inning. Yeah, it was the one two starts ago where he was okay. Other two starts that, ago, he escaped trouble in the first inning. Yes. Right, that's that's what. Yep, yep. So I'll do that. Maybe look at some team totals today. Betting against uh, Matt Harvey. I'm also, you can split a unit here. Do a half unit on Tigers plus 123 against the Royals and also plus 123 first five. Those numbers are available right now. Updated record, Major League Baseball 23-16-1 plus 10.16 units on the year and uh, pending, I have Max Patch ready to win the Con Smythe at eighteen to one. It for me, right? All now. baseball for you today, yeah, and yesterday. Yeah. I, well, you know what? Here's the deal: I'm going to bet the Nets if it gets to five. Uh, so am I. By the way, my in pocket plays mm-hmm. last night a winner with the Hawks plus three and a half. I can't say that was stress free. Looked pretty bad when they were down what 18, 19 points. Yep, yep. In that game, but they come back and get the win. Uh, so a winner with the Hawks. I'm going to. Do something similar here tonight. I thought that line was inflated on the Sixers last night. I think it's a little bit inflated uh, tonight on the uh, Bucks. Even though the big three is down to KD for Brooklyn, uh, I expect Joe Harris, guys like that, to step up and uh, play well tonight. And I just don't trust the Bucks laying uh, this type of number on the road. Right. That said, I'm not going to bet this until 
I see if this number is going to move to five today. So for right now, I'll play Nets plus four and a half, but it's not going to be a bet for me until I can grab five. If that happens in the market today, if not, I'll just settle for the four and a half. But I, th- I think, don't you feel pretty confident there's going to be a point today where you can probably grab plus five on the Nets? I think so, yes. I mean, you saw that earlier on at one legal sports book across the country. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's probably realistic. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I'd like to see that number out of... I can't put plus five up there now until it's up. But sure, of course. More than one book. It's just one remote book right now. Uh, how about some U.S. Open plays? Well... Have full futures list uh, tomorrow. I'll put up four or five guys on the futures, but I've got two matchups. I'm going to play Brooks over Bryson. And you asked me about this in the previous segment. I don't think people realize how poorly Bryson has been playing. Uh, good observation. He's in a three-month slump. He's got nothing but two top 35s in the past three months. He does putt well at Torrey Pines and on Poana Greens. And... He is a long driver, and this is a long course. But you got to be accurate with your driver. If you're not, you're going to be in big trouble. I think Kepka is going to step it up here off his uh, runner-up in the PGA, where he played much better than Bryson. If you think back to the PGA, Kepka was on point all week until sure Sunday afternoon, and DeChambeau was a mess in that major. So I'm going to go with Kepka minus 105 over DeChambeau, and also Phil Mickelson minus 110 over Lee Westwood. And I was reading some stories last night. Now, Phil Mickelson, is, uh, he's tuning out the noise, totally focused. He's turned off his phone, turned off Twitter. He's totally focused on Torrey Pines this week. And this course is in his backyard, okay? So I think you're going to get a fully focused Phil, and he's playing well. He's in good form. Lee Westwood, I don't know what you're going to get. This guy just spent the week in Vegas and got married. Did you see this? I saw some of that, yeah. Yeah. I think he might have fired his bullets this week. First of all, I can't believe he's getting married again. Did he not just go through like a really ugly divorce that cost him like $45 million? I don't know what the price tag was, but it was expensive. It was tens of millions of dollars. Expensive. The last thing on the planet I'd be thinking is, why well, I need to rush on and get married again. Yeah. He just spent a week in Vegas and got married, so I don't think his mind's right. Now, believe it or not, that's a handicapping angle. I like Mickelson just that's because fine. he's playing a little like bit it. better. Good angle. Uh, but I'm going to play Phil minus 110 over Lee Westwood. Also, Xander Shoffley. Man, the odds on uh, Shoffley have gotten to the point of ridiculous at some books, including here where he's 15 to 1. I want to play Xander Shoffley top 10, plus 160. Mitch, we talked about it yesterday. He's played in four U.S. Opens. He's never finished worse than six. Remarkable. Top six in all four U.S. Open appearances. So we'll go Xander Shoffley top 10 of plus 160. And Tony Finau. Has been top 10 in the first two majors this year. I'm going to play Tony Finau top 20 at plus 105. Instead of playing him top 10 at, a, at about 2 to 1, I'm going to play him top 20 at a little bit better than even money. Okay. So top, we'll call him top 20 Tony at the U.S. Open. So a couple of matchups, a couple of props, and I'll have more on the U.S. Open tomorrow. Well, you better not hope you're calling him top 30 Tony No. after fair. making this bet. By the way, uh, good job by Matt Santos, our producer. Fifty million. Fifty million in this mm. divorce settlement. Let me go get married again. Yeah, Hold I, my beer, fellas. I, so, I got to go through that one more time. I've said many times, marriage is the worst bet a, a guy can make. Oh, I still can't believe I did it. No, you're happy. I'm happily married. You're it's been eleven years now. But I will tell you this: like my <laughs> wife, she'll like. This could be like in an argument, or she'll bring it up. Whatever's like, what what would ever happen, huh? What would happen? What would you do if you got a divorce? You gonna go? 
You're going to run out and marry somebody else? I'm like, are you nuts? Oh. There's, are you out you're, of your mind? You gonna, think I'm going to go through this again? You're going to run wild and have a good time. Of course. It would not even be. Oh, the last thing ever on my mind would be to go get married again. Ever. Does she watch the show? No, never. Okay. Have you ever had days where you thought, man, I'd like to get out of this. This sucks. Matt, I, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start to document some of the arguments that we get in, and I will bring them up on the air, and I will not. It, it, we should do like real or fake. Uh-huh. You would not be able to tell the difference between which ones are real and which ones are fake. You would tell me, Mitch, what you're telling me right now, that's impossible to get into an argument over that. I think I'd believe anything when it comes to <laughs> yes, it's just those type of arguments. Sometimes I just like shake my head, and that's I, a great I, topic. Can we do that tomorrow? When when, when are we gonna? How about Thursday? Let's real Thursday. or fake yeah. marriage arguments? Let's do that Thursday. Uh, FTM at vcin.com. I want email email us right now. Some of the most ridiculous arguments you've ever gotten in with your wife, or vice versa, wives that you've gotten in with your husbands, and you would you would like tell your friends there's no chance this is real. This is, she hates it when I do this. I love this topic. Actually, I'm going to try to think of the most insane argument or debate I've ever had with a girl. Yeah. That's a good topic. Let's do that Thursday. She, got two days to get this ready. She hates it when I do this to her because she I think she knows I'm right. But first of all, she doesn't like to admit when she's wrong, ever. She oh. does not to admit. I mean, she loves winning debates, right? She tells me that. I tell her when it's gotten to the point of, like, it's beyond preposterous, right, the argument, I said, keep going. I'm going to pick up my, I'm going to videotape you, and I'm going to send this video to your best friends, and I'm going to get their reaction and see who's right. And that usually, like, almost ends the argument. Really? Yeah, because she knows, like, if I send it, I can think of, like, three or four of her friends right now. If I send it to her, 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 she's going to look at, like, you like you're a complete lunatic out of your mind, and Mitch needs to run it for the hills right now. There's no way anybody could ever side with you. Anyway, we've gotten completely sidetracked. That's why you're going to love this segment on Thursday. That'd be really good. Uh, I want to shout out this uh, Twitter handle, 2019 I Beat Cancer. Good for you. Congratulations, man. Cancer's mm-hmm. as bad as it gets, obviously. And uh, this person is saying on Twitter, I'm betting Phil plus 110, 115-ish to miss the cut. Okay. Well, so, we, we said he's an all-or-nothing type of player, right? right? Phil, it's not going to surprise me if he's top 10. It's not going to surprise me if he's home for the weekend. That's, yeah, no, I can see it going Phil, either that's way. That's who Phil is. Yep, yep. Uh, did you have an update he on... He's playing well now, though. I, I was really impressed at the PGA when uh, Brooks Kepka stepped up there and bombed a 360-yard drive with the wind at his back. And Phil Mickelson said, uh, I'm not so impressed. I'm yeah. going to knock one 366. Exactly right. For a 50-year-old? That was... I think that was the moment when I said... I might have been before that, but it was around that time. I'm like, hey, he's not messing around today. No. Like, right? And Kepka was not taking control of the tournament whatsoever. Right. Did you have an update on Smartest Animals that you want to get to? We talked on Yeah, this, we had a uh, link here uh, that our producer sent us. I'm not sure who put this together, but the animal kingdom, the sharpest animals, smartest animals out there, chimpanzees, no surprise. We mm-hmm. said that, right? Dolphins, no surprise we had that. How about goats? I didn't know goats were that smart. Mm. Elephants, no doubt. Elephants on the list. You know one reason I don't eat at Jimmy John's fast food? Oh, I can guess. I can guess. Because the owner. The founder. Yeah, the founder. He likes to go out there and go on these. uh, He he was a big game hunter. Yeah, right. Jimmy John, whatever his name is. He used to pose with pictures of dead, like tigers, elephants, rhinos. Yep. That stuff annoys the hell out of me. What type of hunting skill does it take to shoot an an elephant just standing in front of you? Mm -hmm. Huh? 
I don't I, go to Jimmy John's because of that. I, I, I don't think he owns it anymore, but I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So elephants obviously on the list. Uh, goats surprised me. Crows? I would not have guessed crows. Bees. Bees are on the list. Octopus. Whales not on this list, but I, I got to think whales are pretty smart. I think that uh, they would be like borderline top 10. Like that might be your Tony Finau bet. If whales aren't top 10, <laughs> they got to be top 20. Right. I would think anyway. I would not have guessed octopus. No, I would on not On the have. list. Uh, I have an email here from Aaron Moore. says, uh, a fast food joint just opened in New Jersey called Slim Chickens. It's basically a replication of Raising Cane's. Since it's outstanding. Have you ever heard of that? Slim Chickens? Slim Chickens, no. But if it's close to Raising Cane's, I'm certainly intrigued. And I would absolutely give it a shot. Because Raising Cane's, to me, is uh, very high on the list. Right. We got a question. Pizza or hot dogs? I'll go pizza. I have them both, but I'll go pizza. I would have to say it depends on the setting. I would lean pizza as well. But if you're at like a uh, baseball game or something like that, and you can find a a slice of pizza or a hot dog, you go hot dog every single time. Right? South Point. They don't have a pizza cart. They have a hot dog cart, and they sell 6,000 of them every single day. So that's it for us today. Good luck with your bets tonight. We'll see you tomorrow, 7 Eastern.